Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the OG Sports Podcast. This is Gabriel here, and we're going to be highlighting starting pitchers today in our second episode of Underappreciated Baseball Players. Thank you to everybody that got their submissions in. Of course, we're going to feature every single one of you guys. Appreciate that. And of course, let's get into it. So the first shout out is to Seamus Byerly. He's been a great friend of the show. I always appreciate his comments and his questions. And he's going to be highlighting his own Chris Bassett. Now, he did get an all-star appearance this year, but I do think he's still flowing under the radar. Of course, Oakland Athletics, not considered a hot up. They're considered a low market team, even though they play in the on the West Coast. But there's nothing low market about this player right here. Chris Bassett has been excellent. Again, he had a great year last year where he finished eighth in the Cy Young. That, of course, is the reward for best pitcher of the year. And that's independent of each league. So there's the National League and the American League Cy Young winner. But I digress. He's pitched 125 innings so far and he's He's made 20 starts, so clearly he is not. He has made all the starts necessary for his team. He's 10 and three, of course. It's a really good record. He's got a 3.31 ERA. Now the ERA, of course, is earned run average. That's how many runs you allow per nine innings. That's why you'll see some interesting numbers there. So about about three runs per inning or three runs per start is pretty damn good, considering how well the uh, offenses are, regardless of the sticky situation. Like I said before, we were going to talk about that a little bit. I think he's one of those players that's really maintained his spin rate despite the crackdown on the on the substances. But I think the great thing about him is he only has he has 126 strikeouts. So he's not a big strikeout guy. De- definitely relies on pitching to contact a little bit below 10 strikeouts per nine innings. And his fielding... Okay, there's another statistic that I'd like to share with you guys is whip and fielding independent pitching, which is also known as FIP. So FIP and WHIP are also some statistics that have come out that caught my eye recently. And they really do tell the story of how well you pitched regardless of your defense. Now he has a 3-4-6 area, which is not much higher than his 3-31. So that's always excellent to see. And his WHIP is almost 1. It's 1.04. That's a lot. That's how many walks and hits you allow per inning. So if you have a lot of traffic on the bases and you're getting lucky, that can always that can collapse at some point. But, of course, that's not the case with him. He definitely reduces the walks. He has, let's see how many walks. He only has 29 walks and 125 innings. That's extremely impressive compared to 122 strikeouts. Or, excuse me, not 122. 126, selling him short. So that's a great season. That's why he got an all-star nod. So clearly he's not necessarily underappreciated that much. But, of course, being from the Oakland Athletics, he's not getting all the love that he needs. And I think he will finish up there in the Cy Young if he continues his stretch. I definitely see him as a number one starter for them. And of course, he's only making $5 million a year, so that's a great contract for the Oakland Athletics. They do very good business. Moving on, and this is the moment that I wanted to shout out really quickly, was Chris Flexen. He took the loss yesterday in a, against, the game, against the Oakland Athletics, or Sean Manaya. He doesn't make this list because he definitely gets the, he's getting the appreciation he deserves, but that's a story for another time. 13 strikeout, that's always impressive. But Chris Flexen, he's made 18 starts this year. He has an ERA of 335, so that's very solid. He's one of the main reasons that the Mariners have had such a great start to the second half. Is the reason why they're still in postseason contention. Now, the one knock I'll have on him is his whip. He does have a pretty low whip. It's or a pretty high whip, excuse me, of 1-2-1-3. So he's getting a lot of traffic on the bases, but clearly it's not letting it affect him. He's got... Hmm. Now, the very interesting thing that you look at when you look at his statistics here is that he has cut down the walks significantly there was a year in 2017 where he had 35 walks in 48 innings in 104 innings this season he has 22 walks not a big strikeout guy only 66 strikeouts so he does pitch to contact 
but he limits the home runs, nine home runs. Obviously, in a year where every in a in a time where everyone's trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark, that's great to see that he's limiting home runs. Definitely benefits from being in a pitcher's ballpark in Seattle. Very hard to hit there. But looking at the FIP, not much higher than his 335, 368, not too much of a discrepancy. Like I said, that whip is something to look at, but I think you can't deny someone that's 9 and 4 with a 335 ERA. Maybe the other shoe's going to drop. Who knows after this episode? Maybe I cursed him. But from what I can see, he's pitched very, very well for the, for the Seattle Mariners, and he's a main reason why they're in playoff contention. Now, we'll get to another. Uh, we got two submissions from Brian Bloom. Go shout him out. He actually showed two of his. He, he put three pitchers on there, but one of them is a reliever, so we'll actually have to see him next week in the next episode of Underappreciated Ball Players. But he shouted out Anthony Del Scafani and Alex Wood. We'll start with Del Scafani. He's had an incredible year. 287 ERA, 10-4, 3.1 war. So he's been an incredible workhorse for that team. Of course, Kevin Gosman has been their best starter, but he's definitely a close second. He has 110 strikeouts and 119 innings pitched, and his whip is well below one. It's .997, so that's excellent. He's reducing traffic on the bases. And let's see some other things. So his FIP. Now that's the one thing that I'd look at. His FIP is a lot higher than his 287 ERA. So maybe he's benefiting from a little bit of luck. But when you're actually when you're going right, things are going right. And so far he only has 38 earned runs and 119 innings. And he's only he has allowed a few he has been bitten by the long ball a little bit with 14 home runs. But he has 30 walks and 119 innings. So he clearly keeps people off the base paths. And it looks like they seem to be solo shots because he's not his air rate would otherwise be above three. He does benefit from, of course, from playing in the NL West. He's definitely done a lot for his. You can see when he pitching for when he was pitching for the Cincinnati Reds, where that is a hitter's ballpark. His ERA was well above four, but hitting he's having a great year this year, and we're only talking about this year, so he's definitely on that list of underappreciated ball players. Alex Wood. Now this is an interesting shout out. His ERA has been jumping up recently, so I wouldn't say he's having a stellar year, but you can't deny someone that's 8-3. and three. His FIP is actually just about his, uh, right about where his ERA is at 3. His ERA is 3.77, so that's kind of a little high. But the great thing about him is that his FIP is 3.83, so clearly that's where he's at. There's nothing fishy going on about that. His WHIP is a little high at 1.166, but clearly someone that's pitching, he's giving his team a chance to win every time. And you can't deny that. That's always something that you value in a pitcher. You got to give some innings, and he's pitched 88 innings in 16 starts. So maybe he wants to get those innings up a little bit higher per start. But of course, this is the year of the pitcher where they either go five innings, four innings, six innings. Doesn't matter. You want to get to that bullpen as quickly as possible. Now, another shout out from Andres Cortez. That's my homie. He shouted out Pablo Lopez from the Miami Marlins, and he's having a great season. He's on the on the DL right now, or excuse me, the injured list right now. Don't know what his injury is, but the Venezuelan is pitching to a 3.03 ERA with 111 strikeouts and 101 innings pitched. So that's great. Always loved seeing someone with more strikeouts than innings pitched. 5-5 five and five record, that's just more the fact of the Marlins' offense. As you can see here, his FIP is only 3.20, so that's excellent. His WHIP is at 1.089, so that's pretty good as well. And he is allowed, let's see here, he has allowed 10 home runs and 101 innings, so obviously like every pitcher getting a little bit bit by the home run ball, but only 25 walks. So clearly someone that does reduce ba uh, base runners. So that's someone that you'd like to see. Hopefully the Marlins can give him a lot more wins because 5-5 five and five is just unacceptable, I think, for someone that's pitching at 3.03. But that's why the win-loss record is not that important. 
It's more about what you do in those starts, and he's obviously having a great season. Let's see here. And then here's another shout-out from me, personally. Luis Garcia, he's a very young starter. He's in his only his second season. I think he might still be considered a rookie, considering the uh, weird rules that are around Major League Baseball on your service time. So I think he is still considered a rookie. He has an ERA of 286 for the Houston Astros, and he has 7-5 win-loss record, 105 strikeouts in 9... 91 innings, so clearly someone who does like striking out pitcher, uh, st- excuse me, striking out batters, and an, a whip of only 1.062, so very good at reducing base runners. Here's where we look at the now. Here's the one interesting thing: is FIP is a lot higher at 3.34. That's still very solid, and he has been bitten by the home run ball a little bit with 10 home runs and 91 innings, but he does have 29 walks, the same amount of walks as earned runs. So that's something very interesting there. Now, what I like about him is he has a very interesting delivery, very old-timey, like 50s delivery, very deliberate wind-up, and I think that fools hitters a little bit. It's someone that I'd like to keep looking at his career. He has a very nice change-up and a very nice curveball. So we'll see what happens what, what happens the rest of the year, but he's been pitching extremely well. He started out in the bullpen, but recently he's, he has 18 games, 16 games started. He has finished a few games, but he has clearly cemented himself as one of the main starters in that rotation. Last but not least, we have, this is a little bit of a, a, an outlier here. We have Willie Peralta. He's, this is a reason, he's one of the main reasons that the Tigers have won seven straight slash have been one of the best teams in the second half despite being a mediocre team this season. No disrespect to them, they're just not going to go anywhere. But he has pitched amazing. In limited innings, in a 33 innings, he has a 1.64 ERA. Now we look here, obviously his career ERA is 440, so what's waiting for that other shoe to drop. but the, And that's the other thing. His FIP is 4.22. That's an s- extreme discrepancy. We're wondering if that's going to average out, but, I mean, you can't deny someone that's 3-1 with a 1.64 ERA. He has given up three only three home runs in 33 innings, so that's interesting. We'll see what happens. He has only ele- he has 11 walks, so he does walk a few people. His whip is still, above, is still below 1. So I'm not quite sure if it's to say that it's just pure luck. But the fact that his FIP is so much higher is interesting. Maybe he's getting some nice plays out there in the defense. And, of course, that also could be because he plays in Detroit. Detroit is a huge stadium, very hard to hit there. Maybe he's benefiting mostly from that. But who knows? A 164 ERA is incredible, Well, way above his actual career. And, of course, he has a 1.6 war, despite having a career war of just three. So he's having... An exceptional year, something that we will have to check in on and makes make sure that that is consistent. But that's the players I had today. Of course, we're going to open up the polls and on Instagram and Oster's Instagram on the page. Of course, go follow OG Sports underscore Club if you want to follow us and stay updated on episodes. But we also want to check in on if you have any other players that we missed on batters, pitchers. Of course, obviously the episode dropped today, but that doesn't matter. If you have someone that you'd like to see featured, we will feature them again. And, of course, we also have the relievers coming up. If you have any shout-outs, we would greatly appreciate it. Relievers, that episode is going to be quite long because there's going to be so many relievers that are just hidden. They're kind of like running backs in the NFL. They kind of don't have that long a lifespan in baseball just because it's they're easy to figure out. Not necessarily easy, but a lot of them don't throw that many pitches. They throw out of the stretch. They can be, disc- they can be found out pretty quickly. So we'll see which pitchers have maintained their dominance over this year and of course we touched about it earlier in the episode but when i mentioned the sticky stuff there was of course a lot of complaints that pitchers spin rates had jumped up out of nowhere and a lot of 
GMs or general managers were looking at pitchers whose spin rates, of course, that's the ability to get a curveball to move a lot more, the rotations per minute, how many times you can get a slider to just break instantly. And that's why you're seeing strikeouts go up because general managers were looking at pitchers based on their spin rate and say, hey, this guy may not have a very high ERA, but he could strike people out because the ball is just going into place. It looks like a Frisbee. So you were seeing that happen, and now you're seeing a lot of players, of course, the a Major League Baseball noticed that the batting average around the league was around 234. Now that's unacceptable. A 250 batting average makes sense for the average, but for it to be that low and everyone just hitting home runs because they're just giving up because the shift exists, that was ridiculous. They, now I don't agree with the way they've come gone about it. They chose to implement a new rule in the middle of the season. I don't know if you're watching baseball regularly after every inning or mostly every inning there's a random check the umpire will go to the ball player once they're walking off the mound they will ask for them to remove their cap check their glove sometimes it's been pretty comical Sergio Romo pretty much wanted to take off his pants right there on this on the end line and of course they basically he got a sponsorship for underwear so there you go maybe it's opening up new opportunities but if you ask me I think it's kind of ridiculous that MLB has kind of imposed themselves when they could have done this, they could have gotten ahead of the ball. Instead, they've done it just very haphazardly. And we've seen one suspension. Hector Santiago was suspended for pine tar, or excuse me, I think it was, I think it was actually just rosin. I think he was just an actual substance that the rosin, which is an allowed substance. There's a little ball, uh, there's a little bag, excuse me, a white substance that's rosin. And when mixed with sweat, that's a natural sticky, uh, sticky element. That is okay. That's that should be, uh, that should be legal. It is legal. And I guess it got on his glove, so they threw him out of the game, and he was suspended for 10 days. Of course, that's more than the Houston Astros, but that's neither here nor there. Basically, I just don't like the way it's been implemented. But if you ask me, it was necessary. The batting average was way too low. You have guys swinging at balls that are just in the dirt every time because not just poor discipline. It's more the fact that it looks like a strike. These spin rates were ridiculous. Spin rates have dropped dramatically. Chris uh, Garrett Cole is one example. His just his spin rate jumped extremely high during 2018, and then it got super low this uh, during the crackdown. He's obviously pitched really well, so maybe he doesn't need it. I think he's relying on his fastball more. But he's just in one of the many pitchers that have just suffered from their spin rates going down extremely low due to the crackdown. Let me know what you think about that. I'd love to hear your opinion on what you think the MLB should do about that. I personally, like I said, I don't like the way they've implemented it in the middle of the season. You saw Tyler Glass now. He complained that he was pitching... He essentially said the quiet part out loud. He was using something to keep the sticking it, or keep the ball in his hand longer, and he said he got injured due to it. He's on the IL right now, and that's one of the many examples of pitchers that have to change in the middle of the season. You shouldn't be doing that stuff, but I mean, if that's what it was, not, if it's not being cracked down on, you know, everyone's trying to try to get an advantage. So if it, that's just how sports are. It's the it's not the morality of sports, the sanctity of the game. Everyone's trying to get that competitive advantage. So that's my take on it. But we'll see what happens, of course. I think it's important for the game to eventually change some rules to increase the offense because I, I love baseball the way it is, but there has to be some changes because the shift, for example, that's another thing. We'll talk about that more in depth, but that's been getting ridiculous. Uh, just a little preview about next week's episode. There's a lot of trade trades happening in baseball. Nelson Cruz just got traded to the Rays. And in, in a very Rays fashion, they're a very strange team, by the way. They traded away their best or one of their better starters, Rich Hill, to the Mets for 
essentially a reliever and an injured an injured reliever and a minor leaguer so they're very weird we're going to be talking all about that next week with oscar and by the way all you chulavistans or chulavistans excuse me it's kind of weird to say that people from chulavista how about that from hilltop high my alma mater calvin Fauche, was involved in the nelson cruz deal he'll be going to the rays that's exciting hopefully he's in double a right now hopefully he can progress to triple a and eventually get into those September call-ups, because I would love nothing more than to see a Hilltop High guy, a Lancer, get in there and pitch for a Major League Ball Club. So shout-out to Calvin Fauche. That's our that's our, that's our, our boy right there. Hopefully he does well, and hopefully he does big things. But, of course, we're going to be talking about trades a little bit. Next week, we're going to be talking about relievers. We would appreciate your support if you could just shout-out some relievers that you want to see featured. And, of course, we're going to be opening up the polls for random questions. This eventually will become more of a... a catch all podcast it's not just going to be regulated but uh, not just going to be limited to sports but of course we are a mainly sports brand so we'd love to hear your sports questions but any questions for me and oscar and i we will answer them please keep them pg-13 i will find a way to answer your question if you say something crazy i'll find a way to answer it in the nicest way possible like i will change a few words around if you don't appreciate that then don't send that but that's all i have to say about that thank you so much for your support This has been the OG Sports Guidecast. Gabriel signing off.